welcome into the Legend Rewind Podcast, presented by Hall Sports and Outdoors. I'm Rusty Ellis, and joining me on this week's episode is former York Institute baseball star, Nick Smith. In this episode, Nick talks about how he got into the game of baseball and basketball to begin with, why he ultimately chose baseball to pursue over basketball, and how he ended up at Missouri. Without further ado, here's Nick Smith. Nick, uh, let's just start at the very beginning. Kind of, First of all, what... It's so weird doing this because normally it's just a one-sport athlete I'm talking to, but you were great at two of them. Uh, what was the first sport you played, and what's your first memory of that sport? Um, I think when I was little, I just played a mixture of both. Um, just, you know, depending on the day, going out in the backyard, playing basketball or baseball, whichever one I was feeling. Um, <laughs> usually in elementary school, uh, I would go through spurts where when it was basketball season, right when school started, I didn't want to pick up a baseball. And I didn't want to think about baseball, and I didn't want to hit. I didn't want to throw. You know, it was basketball season. I wanted to pick up a ball and get on the court. And then when basketball season was over, I just wanted to throw the basketball away, you know, and get the, <laughs> get, get the bat and ball out and uh, just get on the field. So uh, I think my early years, um, I couldn't really decide which one, you know, I like better. And at that age, you don't really need to decide which one you like better, you know, be an athletic kid, play as many sports as you want to. Mm-hmm. But – um. I really had uh, really had fun playing both sports and then carrying on to high school. Um, I really loved both games uh, going on, but when I got to the high school level, I kind of had to focus and shift my focus toward one sport, and uh, that was baseball, And which I played basketball all four years too, but um, I just wanted to spend most of my summers instead of playing AAU and going to all these big exposure tournaments. I spent my time on the field and uh, – hooked up with good travel organizations, try to get my name out there to get recruited for baseball. So what was the decision-making process and why ultimately did you settle on baseball? Well, I had got um, – coaches had reached out to me for both sports, basketball and baseball. Mm-hmm. And I just um, thought in the big picture, what what career, what sport would I have the biggest ceiling and – Mm-hmm. why why would I pick that sport over the other and I just thought to myself and finally came to the conclusion that I thought um, baseball would be my bigger opportunity and I could I mean hopefully the goal is to make it a career one day so so I get well this is a dumb question that I was going to ask next if that was your was that always your dream to make it to the big leagues but I'm sure as someone who loves baseball I'm sure that's always the dream right Yes, sir. I, I see uh, college in, at Missouri as a stepping stone to what I've always dreamed about when I was a little kid. And um, hopefully one day I can hear my name called uh, in the draft and uh, just get to work living the dream. <laughs> so tell me, when you were growing up, obviously, you know, you've got your older brother, Noah. Your parents, obviously, have loved, loved sports as much as y'all do. Uh, did y'all watch a lot of sports growing up? Did you watch a lot of baseball, a lot of basketball? Yes, sir. Um on TV a lot, I remember um, my dad's a big Braves fan, so uh, we, we kind of got molded into the Braves, and uh, they're still my favorite team. And then basketball, I don't really remember watching one specific team besides the Lakers because my favorite player is Kobe Bryant. Okay. And, but um, I think I, I watched a mixture of college and um, NBA, and I just – I like the game and, you know, like to watch it. I mean, unlike baseball, basketball, I mean, something's happening all the mm-hmm. time. And baseball, you know, if you're not – if you don't love the game of baseball, it's hard to sit down and watch a baseball game. Most people that, 
you know, just like to go to a game every once in a while. I wouldn't uh, take sitting down and watching a baseball game seriously. So, uh, yeah, I watched a lot of sports um, growing up, not just baseball or basketball. I mean, there's football in there a lot. And whatever is really on TV, I just enjoyed watching seeing people play and compete. Mm-hmm. So tell me, were there any were there any baseball players that you kind of latched onto that you loved watching growing up, especially with the Braves? Obviously, you know they just won the World Series last year, and you know that's been long overdue. My dad's a Braves fan, so I understand that as well. Uh, but were there any other players that you were there any players you kind of latched onto growing up that you really idolized? Um, when I was little, uh, like I said, Braves fan, uh, Trevor Jones mm-hmm. was one that, that I really liked to watch play and. Uh, they came out with that documentary um, about him when I was, you know, teenager, preteen, and I liked watching that. I watched it over and over and over again just to try to see the, his process that he went through. But um, my favorite player that I wanted to get in the backyard and swing like and play like was King Griffey Jr. Um, mm-hmm. I always thought he was really, really cool, and he had the swag and. I modeled my modeled my game after him, and me being left-handed really helped. So uh, mm-hmm. I like I like the way um, he. I didn't get to watch him play, but um, I like to watch highlights and stuff of him. So mm-hmm. uh, Chipper Jones, you know, being a Braves fan, liked him. Then King Griffey, and then once I got to know more more players in the MLB, I still like the Braves, my favorite team. But if the Braves aren't playing them, I like to watch you know other guys, Jeter, A Rod. Uh, big poppy, you know, people like that, just uh, good players that compete and, you know, have a good personality. So you also mentioned Kobe Bryant on the basketball side of it. So is he your, is he the greatest of all time in your opinion? Is that your goat? He's my, he's my guy. Um, <laughs> um, I've had a lot of, a lot of, a lot of his stuff through the years, a lot of shirts, you know, a lot of, a lot of shoes, but um, I mean, I still think MJ's the goat, okay. but uh Kobe, Kobe and MJ, their games are similar, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I like to watch them play when I was little. Um, I like to, you know, shoot it every time like Kobe. But um, uh, as I as I grown up, I, I realized that I can't I can't shoot it every time. But if I had the opportunity, <laughs> I, I, I wasn't going to miss it. <laughs> so so when did you start? Because you mentioned AAU ball. When did you start with travel baseball? Because I feel like that is something that, you know, every AAU sport I feel like can start at relatively an early age, but I feel like baseball has become such a year-round sport in the sense that the seasons are so long, especially when you look at the majors. They're, the season is so long, but it feels like there's so much outside of baseball it still goes on to where it's a year-round sport. When did you start with AAU and travel ball? Well, I had played AAU um, and travel ball both in the summer from, like, elementary school all the way until my freshman year. And then I got to freshman year and, you know, high school is a big, big different atmosphere than elementary school type, um, you know, competition level. So uh, my freshman year, we went to summer camps um, with basketball um, with Coach Taze and we went to Lipscomb and we played three games. And then that night I had a baseball game. So I played three games during the day, um, back to back to back. And then, I drove an hour and a half um, and played a baseball game. And then after that night, I really you know, thought to myself that I'm going to have to choose something. So uh, my sophomore year, um, I think, you know, we had camps. So I, I, I participated in like half the camps. And then the ones that didn't involve um, inter- interference with my baseball travel, 
Uh, I played in those, but then I played like a full travel schedule because that was prime time of me trying to get recruited, trying to get my name out there, being from a small town, you know, I had to go to Knoxville to uh, get on a travel team just to try to play in those big name tournaments. So uh, my freshman year is probably the turning point of where I um, decided to play mostly baseball in the summer, besides the exception of some camp games that I can make it to. So one thing I, I, I'm curious about, because I know that, especially on the basketball front, a lot of people talk about how different AAU is compared to the high school game. Obviously, there's a lot more structure in the high school game. AAU is more about it's a lot of one-on-one. It's a lot of isolation ball. At least that's what a lot of people tell me. Is there a big difference, though, in AA, in travel baseball versus high school ball? I feel like there's, there's a lot of similarities. Is that the case? I think um, it's kind of the opposite from AAU and basketball. Travel baseball is like – you go out there and you play in, in these good tournaments and you're playing the best of the best and you got to bring it every mm-hmm. every game. And AAU, like you said, it's more ISO ball. You know, work on your moves that you've been, you know, training with. Work on your new moves that you can use in the season. But um, high school baseball, it seems like you'll play a team one game and they'll be, you know, ranked in the AP top ten. Mm-hmm. And then the next day you'll play a team that's not so good and it'll be, you know, like a JV game. And so I think travel ball is more like high school basketball where every game you got to bring it or you're going to get embarrassed. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that um, travel ball really, really molded me into the player I was today. And then high school ball was just a really good supplement to put on top of that just to get live ABs, you know, and get some mountain work in. Um, but as a recruiting standpoint, I mean, you've you got to play travel baseball to get your name out there, especially like, like I said, being from a small town. So obviously to make it to the point you've made it to now, you it's I'm sure you will agree it's impossible to do so on your own. Talk about some of the coaches that have made impacts on you and that have helped you reach the point you're at now. I've I've had a lot of coaches um that have made a really, really big impact on me. Um just not not just the skill and training side, but just growing as a person, growing as a young man. I mean, just life lessons. Um first uh, and foremost, Coach Taze, mm-hmm. um, my first two years, um, he he really taught me what hard work and dedication uh, would get you. And if you always, you know, approached every day to get better and have the right attitude, then you would uh, succeed more than you would fail. I mean, the game of baseball is a game of failure, but you can't let one, one mistake or, you know, one at bat, one pitch, um, one inning get to you. If you do that, then you're not going to be in the game very long and you're not going to be very good. So um, I really take that away from him. And then Coach Bowden on the baseball side, Coach Bowden really, really knows the game of baseball. Um, mm-hmm. he, he, he knows it, he's played it, he's watched it. And I think that the biggest thing I learned from him is just situational stuff. I mean, I, I went in as a player, you know, that was skilled, but my IQ, you know, I'd, I'd only played the game. I, I just went out there to play and have fun. But when I got to high school, Coach Bowden, he really just uh, showed me, like, there's a lot of lot more that goes into each inning, each pitch, each out. You know, when you're in the batter's box, there's runners on base. You need, you need to think about your team instead of trying to hit a 450-foot home run with two strikes. Mm-hmm. So, I mean – I took that away from him, and I learned a lot of lessons um, from him that I um, wouldn't have learned if, you know, I might have went somewhere else. 
I thought it was really interesting. You you've played for three different coaches at the at least in basketball. You've played for three different coaches at the high school level. And I mean, obviously, you know, I think they they're probably good things. Did you was there something you learned from a coach like Roy Whited or Coach Pyle this past year? What are some things you learned from them as well? Yeah, um, people were always say like you know it's it's bad to have multiple coaches and you always want the same coach each year but um every coach has their own style and you can always learn something from every coach you just got to have the good attitude and outlook towards them and towards their principles but um yeah I could for sure uh, learn something from every coach um coach Roddy was great for you know one year he uh, he had the coaching knowledge and he was he was a winner you know he he won the state championships with Block County and we knew that coming in, so we wanted to just soak up all the information he could give us, you know. And uh, then after that, um, Coach Powell, um, he he came in, you know, we had known him uh, as being Clark Ranges head coach for, you know, 20 years. And I can remember when I was in elementary school, he would always, you know, tell me, hey, we got a, we got a good thing going out here in Clark Range. Like, <laughs> you, you, need to, you need to come up here and play. So uh, seeing him come in and get an opportunity to play with him was uh, – was a good thing, and uh, I think I, I learned I learned more uh, from him uh, this past year, just to you know elevate my game just a little bit my senior year. Um, going in, you know, like I said in baseball with situational stuff, Coach Powell really taught me how you know if you have a fast break, you don't really need to go out of control every time in there. If you don't have something good, you know, pull it out, run your offense, take some time off the clock, stuff like that. That. You know, I talked about in baseball being situational. Coach Powell really uh, made my – elevated my decision-making in-game a lot better, and uh, I think it really helped the team out. So, tell me, do, do you think as an athlete that it helps a lot more when you have a coach that is invested in you as a person just as much as they are in you, the athlete? Yes, sir. I, I think it's really important to have a coach that will push you day in and day out, but also, you know – after after practice is over, I mean, he, he's your he's your friend. He's there for you. You know, he he wants what's best for you as a person and as a player. But you don't need a coach during practice that I mean that wants to be your friend. You want a coach that pushes you every single day to to get better. But then you also want a coach that would do anything for you. So uh, all the coaches I've had in the past have, have done that. I've been blessed uh, to have coaches that do that. But um. Uh, just, just having them be there every day to not only push you, but for you to know that, hey, I would, I would do something for you if you ever needed it. So let's talk about the transition to high school athletics. What was that like for you coming in as a freshman? Obviously, you've mentioned you're a really good, just natural athlete, but I'm sure that it wasn't all just easy the moment you stepped on the floor and and got on campus at York. What was the adjustment to both the high school game of basketball as well as baseball? What were those adjustments? What adjustments did you have to make in those games? Um, It was, it was a lot just physically. Mm -hmm. Um, Like when I came in to high school, um, I I was, I was not as physical as everybody else. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, I learned pretty quick that, especially in basketball, if I would, you know, go in the, go in the paint on offense or go in the paint on defense, there would be somebody there waiting on me. Uh, there was a brick wall down there. Um, <laughs> I remember my first camp game, I had went across the paint. I was playing defense, and they were sitting across screen, and I'd 
hit the screen and I almost fell down and I was like, okay, welcome to high school basketball. <laughs> and uh, so from a physical standpoint, I think that was the biggest for me. I mean, I was skilled, but the physicality of high school players, you know, basketball, having these big guys that were, I mean, two or three years older than you and you mm -hmm. had to compete on the same floor as them and your, I mean, your fellow teammates, you compete for a spot in the lineup against them. You had to, you know, I really took the weight room serious when I got to high school, especially because I, I knew that that would be a separator for me down the road. And that's what I'm trying to do in college now too. I mean, these guys, upperclassmen are, you know, 22, 23 years old. And uh, I'm, I'm trying to fight for a spot every day just to be out there on the field. So I think um, from elementary school to high school and high school to college, the biggest thing for me is physicality. And uh, second to that, I mean, is the mental game. I mean, these guys um, in high school, when I came in, I didn't have any high school experience or when I'm going into college right now, I don't have any, you know, college game experience. So uh, I'm just trying to learn from uh, them as I go, like I did in high school. So uh, I think the physicality standpoint and the mental are the big two things for me. So let's talk about teammates then. We'll start with basketball. Obviously, you got to you got to spend a couple of years playing with your brother, Noah. Uh, who were some of your favorite teammates to play with, and what was it like playing with your brother? Um, it, was, it was great playing with Noah at times, and then at times uh, you could tell he was your brother. So uh, <laughs> we, we would uh, – we would we'd go down the floor, you know, elementary school or high school, and, you know, I might not have took one of the best shots. And uh, you could tell he was your brother. And <laughs> we'd go back down the floor, and he'd be like, it's not good. It's not good. We don't we don't need that. And, uh, and then he would take one. I wouldn't say anything to him. And I was thinking, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I want to say something to you. But um, <laughs> it, it was it was great playing with Noah, um, getting to share the court with him, you know. Like I said, not only in high school, but elementary school. Um, I got to play with him all through elementary school and all through high school. So that's a lot of years, you know, being to practice and um, practicing high school. You know, him taking me to practice in high school was fun. You, should, you know, getting to bond with him um, before mm -hmm. practice, after practice, and then during practice, getting to try to get better with him, you know, every day. And then uh, second to him was Roger Meadows. Okay. Um, he was – he was always my point guard um, in elementary school. And I was, you know, point guard, shooting guard, you know, and I just tried to every year follow his footsteps because of course I was two years behind him. So I would always look to him for, you know, being my role model and what I should do as a guard. And every year when he would move up, you know, sixth grade, eighth grade, I would have to take over all his duties and all his roles as a point guard. So I always, I always looked to him to see, you know, how he, how he broke the press, how he brought the ball up under pressure, you know, the decision-making, what what passes did he make? I mean, when did he choose to drive it to the hole? Um, I always learned from him and learned a lot um, after he had, he was gone just to try to help my team. Uh, but those two guys, I, I was with them, like I said, early elementary school days. You know, I was kindergarten, first grade, and they were playing fourth-grade basketball, and I was, you know, barely able to fit in my uniform and I was over there <laughs> watching them. So, uh, yeah, those, those two guys are big role models for me. And I think that they really helped me, uh, enjoy the game. You know, I always know I always invited Roger over to the house and we would play, you know, ball in the pool, ball in the court, you know, and it'd be them two against me, obviously. So I would always get beat up on, but, uh, <laughs> it, it, it was, it was fun. It was 
fun and uh, the friendship with those guys too, not only on the court but off the court. So you get a last lifetime. So what about on the baseball side of it? Who were some of your favorite teammates there? Well, the baseball side, um, it was a little different than basketball. I mean, baseball, I only played in Jamestown in my elementary days a couple years. I think my last year playing in Jamestown was – 12, 13 years old, and mm -hmm. I, I just wouldn't play the league ball in Jamestown. I would just play travel ball. So I knew the guys from my school, but I didn't know really any guys from other schools because mm -hmm. I just didn't get to share the field with them, didn't get to interact. And then when I got to high school, my freshman year, I loved everybody. You know, I got to meet everybody. I knew some of the guys and then uh, really bonded with them. And then I got, you know, bonds with those guys, the upperclassmen, and then the seniors left. And then the next year, the juniors, we didn't have a season with them. So yeah. I was like, wow. And that, I still um, – I'm really good friends with some of the seniors and juniors from uh, my underclassmen years, and we, we still all hang out sometimes. But um, I really, really wish I would have had a, a lot more time with them to spend on the field. Um, but I'm kind of making up for it off the field right now just to check in with them. But um, – as far as the guys in my grade and younger, um, I really have a lot of friends on uh, those teams. And uh, just growing up with those guys, some of them I went to elementary school with. We played baseball really mm -hmm. all our lives, and we've known each other all our lives. So um, that was fun, just getting out there and having fun with them. And then the younger guys, just trying to lead by example to them, whether they, you know, were familiar with me, me or not, like coming in as a freshman, my junior year, coming in as a freshman, my senior year, I just wanted them to know that I was there for them. If they had any questions, ask me, and just trying to get them better before I moved away. So looking back at the basketball side of it, especially really starting in your uh, sophomore year, because that's just when I was, that's when I moved out here and I started following obviously sports in the area. You guys, obviously, at that point, played in one of, if not the toughest districts in all of Tennessee in 8AA. Uh, I think I know what your answer is going to be to this next one, but I'm going to go ahead and ask the question anyways. Who were some of your favorite teams to play against, especially in that district? Um, in that district, like you said, every night. I mean, mm -hmm. you go into a game, and in district nowadays, like some people, they'll go into a game and they'll be like, man – we, we've got this team, you know, we can start, you know, going on the record and saying, all right, I think we can win this one. I think we can win this one. But my sophomore year and freshman year, you go into a district game and you're like, it's a all out brawl to get mm -hmm. the W. And there was talented teams and every team in the district was talented. And my favorite teams to play my sophomore year um, was Livingston because they were okay. a big rival, a big rival. And I've always heard um, my freshman year, we, we played them. And then my sophomore year, and I've always heard about the rivalry. So I really like playing them, especially at Livingston. And then Upperman, of course, our, so <laughs> our sophomore year. Um, my sophomore year, we probably played them six times or something. Mm -hmm. We just kept meeting them. And I think what fueled us to finally get over the hump was – we, we knew we could beat those guys, and we matched up really well with them. And I enjoyed, you know, our guys matched up with the, their guys. And I liked the challenge of going in and trying to stop their guys. And we knew that they were talented, just like mm -hmm. us. So going in to have that challenge is just 
I mean, our our squad against yours, you know, we're mm-hmm. we're more matching up good, and uh, we have talented players, and best man wins. So we would go into those games like we better bring it, or it's going to be bad. So those are always fun games, you know. Before the game, you get all hopped up for them because you knew it was going to be a good game, and mm-hmm. we were going to, you know, make make good plays against each other. But um, those are always fun, you know. Anticipated games, big crowds. Um, so that was that was probably the top two teams I like to play. Did you have any players that played in that district that you loved going up against? And again, you had a lot of options there. I feel like. Well, um, yeah, my sophomore year, um, Matthew Sells. Yep. <laughs> um, my junior year, Matthew Sells. Um, I know he, he was. I knew he was a really good player. I knew he was going to go to college. So I mean, every time we played them, me and John Hiddings, we were. You know, hey, you guard him on this play. I'll guard him on this play. You know, we'll just keep trying to contain him. And I think the biggest player that I like to play against my sophomore year um, was Colin Gore. Okay. And, and man, that dude would not stay still. <laughs> I would play. I would play defense, and I would I would get ran all over the place. And it was so fun to guard him because. You never knew when a screen was coming, mm-hmm. and you never knew what kind of cut he was going to make. Or mm-hmm. so you had to stay on your toes the whole time. Sometimes he would go backdoor cut. Sometimes they go handoff. Sometimes they go flare screen. I mean, you never knew. So on defense, I took pride in trying to contain him every night because my sophomore year, I didn't have a big scoring role. I mean, we had scores on our team from mm-hmm. one through five to the bench. So I knew that I didn't have to put up 20 points every night for us to win. So I took pride in my defense against good teams like Livingston, Matthew Sells, Upperman, and Colin Gore. I just want to contain those guys because I knew it would give us a chance to win, you know, overall. So, um, yeah, guarding him was fun, just running all over the place, trying to not let him get to the basket, not letting him make a good pass, not letting him get a shot off was really fun. So tell me, obviously, your sophomore year was when COVID happened and it canceled the state tournament. Uh, talk about how, how do you think you guys would have done in the state tournament? I know, obviously, at this point, it's all what ifs, but I'm pretty – I'm trying to remember, y'all were matched up – was it Wooddale y'all were matched up with? That's that's who I thought it was. Obviously, they had the Mr. Basketball winner that year in Jonathan Lawson. Uh, talk about that matchup and how like how much – I'm sure as a competitor, you were really looking forward to that. Yeah, my sophomore year, Coach Tays had us in very good shape, and our defense was looking really good. And we had played um, a 2-3 zone our whole sub-state game. We didn't get out of it. And I think we we had it mastered with all the rotations, shifts, and help side, you know, closing out on the shooters, that I think that we would have played probably a 2-3 zone against him and his team just because of the fact that they were probably a little taller than us. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we had big guys, but uh, just trying to get, you know, like you said, Jonathan Lawson, keep him contained, let him not, you know, shoot over us or drive around mm-hmm. us. I think our 2-3 zone, we could have somebody, you know, closing out on him with a high hand just trying to affect his shot. But if we did get beat off the dribble, we would have another guy waiting right there, right in the middle of the 2-3 zone. So, uh yeah, we 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 had it. We had that figured out, and we were uh, you know looking forward to playing them. We thought we had a good chance to win, and uh, so not many teams get to say they won their final game. So I guess that's the only good thing about uh, not being able to go to the state. 
So obviously your, your sophomore year kind of moving back to baseball, that was when you verbally committed to Missouri. So talk about the recruiting process and what about Missouri you uh, really led you to choose uh, playing for uh, Mizzou? So, um, you know, getting their basketball canceled and then going into baseball season, I was like, there's a lot of uncertainty. I mean, mm-hmm. we couldn't play the state tournament, so I was like, it wouldn't let us play some of the be- biggest games of the year. Why would we get to play a baseball season? Mm-hmm. So um, I was I was in the weight room hard. I was training hard because I was I was really expecting us not to have a high school season and me play maybe two or three tournaments in the summer if they allowed it. So I, I got to work and uh, we ended up didn't didn't have a season then. I actually played some summer tournaments, which I was very glad. But the kicker for me was I went out there, you know, to play, to get recruited, to have guys watch me play. And then no coaches were allowed to be there. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, wow. And some of our games were live streamed, which were good. You know, coaches could watch us. But um, during that period, it was it was kind of weird for um, recruiting standpoint because most people, you know, they schedule visits. They go mm-hmm. to colleges. They see the campus. They talk to the coaches face-to-face. Well, most of my recruiting was Zoom calls, phone calls every week, you know, texts back and forth. And I, I kind of got, you know, built the connection, built the bond with the coaches that way. You know, I would have a calendar at home, you know, call, you know, this school this day, call this school this day, you know have a zoom call to school this day and had a calendar, you know, a weekly calendar where I'd try to call, you know, all the schools interested once every week. Mm-hmm. So um, I started having calls, you know, I talked to Missouri for probably a year and a half mm-hmm. before they had offered. And I really built a connection with their coaching staff and they really, I really felt like they were invested in me as a player and as a person, because I mean, it's hard for coaches to take the time to, you know, reach out to kids and talk to them every, every week, you know, on the phone and try to try to get to know them, you know, and ask them about how they're doing. Um, you know, I, I sent video out to them just to tell them, you know, what I was doing on the mound or, you know, videos of me in the cage just to try mm-hmm. to give them something else to look at. Um, but I, re- I really built that connection with Missouri and then uh, they had offered me and, Every everything was still going on a little bit, mm-hmm. so uh, I thought about it and it seemed like a great opportunity. And so I came down here after I committed to check things out. And when I got down here, it just kept getting better. Mm-hmm. Facilities were great. Coaching staff was great. Seemed like their program was going in the right direction. Felt like I could come in and make an impact instantly. And so hopefully this year, you know. I see all those good things that I imagine when I committed and signed come into place. So hopefully we have a good year this year and win a lot of games and, you know, I get on the field a lot. So talk about signing day for you. I, I know after all the work you've put it, you'd put in leading up to that point, how, how rewarding was that day for you to finally get to commit to Missouri? That was, that, that was great. I mean, it was, it was kind of overwhelming at first because uh, I couldn't really believe that I was – signing to play sec d1 baseball i mean mm-hmm. as, a, as a kid i just wanted the opportunity to play in college and you know with the icing on top being in the sec because that's usually the conference that i'd watched growing up you know a lot of teams around here um, 
to choose from. So I wanted to play in the SEC if possible. And, you know, that's arguably the best conference in college baseball. So um, just getting that opportunity and being able to, you know, put the pen to the paper was a, a relief for me and very exciting um, to be able to get that opportunity and then come down here and start putting the work and possibly, you know, being a star. Mm-hmm. So the next thing I want to ask you is just talk about the town of Jamestown because you've, you know, you've played, so you obviously had a very, very decorated career at York in two different sports. You made it to the state tournament twice. You obviously were a very successful baseball player. Otherwise you wouldn't be where you are now. What was it like playing in Jamestown? Cause it always seemed like every event I was at the community support uh, was always there for you guys. Yeah. The community support. I don't think anybody has better community support than Jamestown does. I mean, every event, no matter the sport, no matter the record of the team, I mean, people come out to watch you play and they love to keep up with sports and keep up with players. And I've built a lot of connections with people in the community through the years, not only just for my sports playing and them, you know, coming to watch me play, but um, just, just, personally and um, there's a lot of good people um, in Jamestown to come out and support the athletic teams and just you know wanting to want to know you as a as a kid as a high school student you know um, just wanting to give you advice you know and growing up and stuff like that but um, our community support in our sporting events was crazy we always had big crowds and I think that that helped us um, succeed um, mm-hmm. more than anything because having big crowds and you know, in the stands really, really helps the teams, you know, energy level when they got on the court and on the field and uh, just makes you have a lot more fun. So tell me, obviously, with SEC ball, are there any stadiums or any teams you're looking forward to, to playing at or playing against? Looking forward a little bit? Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to playing, you know, Vanderbilt and Tennessee, of course, because, you know, I'm from Tennessee and I always – I've went to both of those stadiums to, you know, watch games as a little kid and uh, just getting into walking those stadiums and walk on the field and play in the game is going to be a dream come true. So when I get that opportunity there, it's, it's really going to be exciting. I'm going to uh, really enjoy that to be out there on the field and look up in the stands and be like, man, I was, I was one of those kids, you know, when I was little watching SEC baseball. So uh, those two stadiums, uh, first and foremost, and then, I mean, all the SEC stadiums mm-hmm. and facilities and coaching staffs and, you know, the the players on the team, everybody's so good. So every game when I play home or away, it's just going to be awesome to be able to play against guys of this caliber. And uh, that's what I always dreamed about, playing the best of the best. So um, I'm going to enjoy playing at the, the top-notch facilities in the fields, you know, and hopefully there's a lot of people in the crowd. So I love to end all of these the same way. Uh, give some free game out to younger athletes. I know it's got to sound weird when you hear someone say younger athletes. I mean, you're what, 18 years old, 19 years old at this yes, point? Sir. So, I mean, you're you're not anywhere close to old. So, But give some advice to the younger generation of athletes. What is something that you would tell them for anyone that wants to maybe get to where you are, to have the kind of high school career you did, to make it to the collegiate level for a sport? And then what is also some advice that you would tell your younger self? Um, advice that I would tell my younger self would probably be don't let things get you down so much. Um, when I 
when I would make a mistake on the basketball court or, you know, not have a good at bat or not pitch good in the game, I feel like I let it, I let it affect me the next inning, the next at bat and the next play down the court. I feel like um, if I could tell my younger self is just, if you have a bad at bat, if you have a bad inning, if you have a bad play on defense or offense, just flush it, let it go. And only good things will happen after that. If you flush it, if you don't flush it, then it could carry on and on and just snowball effect. So um, that, that's advice I would give for my younger self personally, but for all the kids out there, um, if you, if you want to be good, you've got to put in the work. Um, I mean, you can, you can be skilled, you can have the tools, you can have, you know, the body, you can have the strength, you can have, you know, the IQ, but if you don't put in the work and put in the time, then none of your dreams or goals will probably come true. I mean, in some cases, you know, other people doesn't, don't have to work harder than some, but everybody has to put in the work. If you don't put in the work, then not, not a lot of good things are going to happen and you might not reach those goals that you want. So if I, if I could tell the younger athletes that dream of playing college baseball or professional baseball or, you know, any sport, you know, collegiate level or professional level, um, or just being, you know, a really, really good high school athlete. Mm -hmm. um, just every day, work on your craft, you know, tone tone your skills, not just of what you're good at. Don't go in the gym or the field every day and do what you're good at. Go, go in the gym and the field and do, you know, work on your weaknesses, and it'll make you a well-rounded player in the end. Once again, that's former York Institute baseball and basketball star Nick Smith. For UCR... I'm Rusty Ellis. This has been the Legend Rewind Podcast presented by Hall Sports and Outdoors.